To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Yo, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So on today's podcast, I have on Kevin Miller. Kevin Miller is a retired professional hockey player. So his best hunting buddy is Brad Marchand, who I had on the podcast. We had this amazing conversation. And uh, so now I get the pleasure of having Kevin on. Um, Man, what a great conversation. So I let this play in its entirety. So uh, the first few minutes, we're talking about construction. He's building a house. We kind of connect on that as I'm building one as well. And then we get right into hunting stuff, and we talk about the enjoyment of the hunt. We talk about the challenge of it. We talk about uh, quality execution, uh, mindset. Uh, We talk about um, the overall enjoyment of a hunt. And uh, so so it's just a great conversation. Uh, Kevin is super young and in retirement and enjoying it to the fullest, hunting as much as he can. Uh, so it just made for a great back and forth. So uh, I really enjoyed it. I think you guys are going to enjoy it too. I want to thank my sponsors for today's show. I want to thank Onyx. Onyx Maps has really changed the way that I hunt and scout. I spend so much time on their app uh, uh, going through the mountain range, going through access points, marking vantage points, seeing trails, uh, seeing roads. I can see, like for my moose tag, I can tell which roads are going to be open. I just click on it and it'll tell me the dates that it's open and whether I can use a truck or a four-wheeler or a motorbike. Uh, You can mark tracks on it. Uh, The tracks really help in steep country. Just getting back from Hawaii, there's a bunch of steep lava rock canyons, and I can put my tracker on and mark exactly where I walk so I can get back, or if it's dark, I can find my way through that gnarly lava rock canyon. Uh, so just a, a bunch of different features. Uh, the share waypoints is great. Uh, we use that in Hawaii where we're sharing waypoints with buddies, places to meet up, places that they should go. Uh, so I absolutely use it all the time. Love the app. Uh, you got aerial imagery, uh, topography, or a hybrid with both. Uh, it's just an amazing feature. And like I say, I use it all the time, hunting, scouting. I also use it for fishing. I use it for uh, construction work. You can tell board, borders and property lines, uh, things of that nature. So a bunch of different uses for it. If you're not a member, make sure to check out Onyx. I also want to thank Zamberlin. I've been using Zamberlin boots for the last few years, and I'm so impressed. Uh, these things, they fit so good, and they just don't cut any corners when it comes to quality of materials, when it comes to craftsmanship. I uh, just absolutely love these things. And they, um, they they build a bunch of different boots for every different preference that you have. And um, I, I really like using uh, the low-cut boot. It's under three pounds a pair. It's the 320 Trail Light Evo GTX. My favorite hunting shoe that I used the majority of last season is a 215 Salute GTX RR. Comes in under two pounds, and it's a burly shoe. It's going to hold up to the abuse you put on it. It's got a Vibram sole, so it's going to grip really good. And just an uh, amazing shoe for hunting the West. 
And this year they have a couple new offerings as far as shoes. Um, you know, I, I also use the 214 Half Dome, which is a great shoe. It's a Velcro shoe. Good fit on that. I wear that all the way around. And now they have a 217 Free Blast GTX. So I just got a pair of these. I'm going to be breaking these in, testing them. It looks like another great burly shoe that's built durable and super lightweight. So um, can't wait to start checking those out that that 217 free blast they also have another one the 220 uh, anabasis short gtx uh, which also looks like a burly great shoe but all these shoes are also have gore-tex and they test every single gore-tex booty that goes into these boots they water test them put them underwater make sure none of them leak i've never had a boot keep its waterproof capabilities for uh, as long as these Zamberlins do. My feet just stay dry. Uh, if I throw on some some gaiters that'll cover my pants so my socks don't get wet, uh, I can really be in snow, rain, wet grass, anything, and have dry feet. It's amazing. So if you're in the market for some new boots this hunting season, make sure to check out Zamberlin. Over at Eastman's, we've got a live event coming up. So um, I'm going to be there, give a talk. Dan Picar will as well. Guy and Ike Eastman um, should be really fun. We did the same event last year. So we're going to do it at Fieldcraft Survival. Uh, it's in Herber City, Utah. Um, we're doing it right before TAC. Uh, so TAC takes place for four days and TAC is the 21st to the 24th of July. Uh, we're going to be speaking the evening of July 20th at Fieldcraft Survival. And you can go on Fieldcraft Survival and buy tickets there. Uh, should be a good talk. Um, like I say, I'll team up with Dan. Uh, we're going to do some elk talk, hopefully do a little mule deer talk. And I'll know more as we get closer. But we do have that event in the works that we're going to do this season. So it'll be at Wednesday. Uh, Herber City, Utah at the Fieldcraft Survival, and you can get tickets at Fieldcraft Survival, uh, their website. Uh, so make sure to check that out. Uh, we got a bunch of Beyond the Grids hitting. Uh, I've been reviewing a bunch that are coming out. I uh, saw that uh, Nevada film is finished. I guess it is not released yet to YouTube, but should be any day now. Uh, they released it early to Tag Hub members. Uh, so that's one of the, the benefits and perks of the Tag Hub membership. And you can go to Tag Hub and put in uh, backslash uh, Brian and you save um, or put in the promo code Brian and save you like 20 bucks on a Tag Hub membership. And that gets you access to, to our magazines, Tag Hub, our internet research tool, and a bunch of giveaways in there as well. So make sure to check that out. Man, I'm just getting back, um, burning the midnight oil here, uh, getting back from this Hawaii trip, but it was just an amazing trip with uh, amazing people. Uh, just what an adventure. Um, got home at, see, uh, it's still all kind of a blur, about 2.30 uh, the other night, and then um, worked yesterday, got to pour some concrete this morning, and uh, summit coming up this weekend. So um, busy, busy, summertime in Montana. But um, we're going to keep getting work done and uh, getting closer towards this hunting season, keep working towards our goals, and, um, man, it's going to be some fun adventures. So uh, with that, let's get into this podcast, man. It's an awesome one. Kevin Miller, really happy to meet him, have this in-depth conversation. I'm your host, Brian Barney, Eastman's Elevated. Here we go. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. How about you? 
I'm doing well. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, got you good. Perfect. You put the kids down for a nap? No, I'm actually uh they're actually oh, we're we're in the we're in the process of building the house right now, and so my wife's out here with uh with my kids and um they're just kind of they're actually running around right now and I'm I'm in the car. <laughs> I got to do a a car podcast, huh? Oh, it is. It's like it's actually kind of nice cuz they uh it's like perfect timing for this. So, um, yeah, it's good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, me too, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, just had a great conversation with Brad, like getting to know him for an hour or so and just how yeah. passionate he is and like the, the top of his mental game, man, we had a good talk. That's awesome. He really enjoyed it. He's like, Hey man, you got to connect with these guys. And so I was, I was stoked after he told me about everything you guys chatted about. And, and, um, uh, so yeah, I, I was definitely looking forward to it. And obviously knowing who you guys are, it was just a, an honor to be on here and connect. So I'm, 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 uh, I'm appreciative. So dude, well, thanks so much. Yeah. The honor's mine. Uh, I just appreciate you taking the time, getting set up with the account and, uh, jumping on. So yeah, congratulations on the new house. I'm, I'm also building a new house right now. So we have that in common. Congrats. That's, uh, it's, it's like, um, I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. But at the same time, like I, maybe I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> going through it so i was like oh you must be so excited and i'm like yeah like one week it's great and the next week i just want to burn the whole thing down <laughs> dude that's the truth like it's yeah. an absolute marathon and it's a stress ball too you know it's it like, is it's it really is. it's gonna be problem solving there's gonna be things that go wrong no matter who your contractor is or how much care you take and i'm I'm doing mine myself, and I have a construction crew, so they'll help me along the way. And I swear I'd never do another one where I had to do it evenings and weekends. But ultimately, it all comes down to me getting it done, and I have this investment out there. So here I am again, evenings and weekends, trying to get the thing done. But <laughs> it's all good. Uh, I have the right mindset, and I've been through the process enough times to where I'm prepared. So you for know, it. yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. That's, so my my dad's a general contractor, uh, and so he I'm GC in it myself kind of pm in it if you will i'm not doing much of the trades but like sobbing it out and doing the whole thing and i really didn't know what i was signing up for i knew kind of a little bit just because working for my dad and whatnot growing up but yeah. like didn't know the the whole scope of it and uh it it is it is a uh it's a lot like i said one week is awesome next week i'm like oh man what did i sign up for yeah, it's a it's a, a a learning process or a learning yeah. curve, you know, that you're in the middle of now. And even with a good understanding of how it's done, you know, it's you don't have lot. relationships with all these subcontractors. And then we have supply chain issues, the price yeah. of everything's going up. Uh, so, yeah, there's definitely a bunch to tackle there. So uh, I definitely feel your sentiment there where it's like uh, one week you're really excited and want to get it done. And the next week you just want to strangle somebody because they do. Yeah do what they said they were going to do or whatever yep. the case is you know it's exactly it's exactly what i'm going through so it's been a learning curve but I, you know it's like you said it'll, it'll all be worth it when it's done like the you know we'll have a a, a lot of appreciation for it when it's all when every every t's uh crossed and every die high's dotted it'll be it'll be nice to look back and kind of go through and say hey you know we had our hand in basically the whole the whole deal so oh man and you're saving yeah. a ton of money by contracting yeah. it yourself you know you you get to oversee every portion of the project and make sure it's done right and and the the bottom line is is like you're making a better move for you and your family like this is going to be the place where you live and enjoy things and it it's a marathon but you're going to get through it and have a really nice house in the end exactly yeah we're we're just we're we're 
and I guess coming out of winter too, right? So we're coming out of winter, spring starting to, so I think we're hopefully getting our second win here. I think it'll be, it'll be, it'll be nice when it starts to warm up and things can, can roll continuously. So we're, yeah, it's been, it's been good. Good. Uh, in Utah there? Yeah. Yep. We're cool. just, um, we're in a little town called Piola. It's, uh, it's east of Park City, kind of up by Oakley, Camas area. Oh man, that's beautiful area. Yeah. So kind of, kind of like over by Rockport and, and, uh, kind of Colville area over there. Oh, gotcha. Um, so, yeah. And, uh, uh, seems like not quite as many people there, right? Not yet. Uh, it's growing a ton. I mean, I guess it just is the place with everywhere. Like, yeah. I've just come to terms with it now that it's like, oh, everyone's, it's just, it's growing everywhere. It's part of, uh, part of the, you know, cultural shift we're in, whatever it may be, but you know, we're, it's, it's growing everywhere. And, um, we've got a nice little spot that's kind of tucked away with no real neighbors and, um, you know, and it just gives us a little bit of space and privacy. So yeah, there's no complaints on our end. Cool. Yeah. It's a, uh, every good place is growing, right? So if you choose the exactly. good places, you're going to see growth there and get it. everything always changes. Nothing stays the same. And that, I mean, that goes for, for housing, for areas that goes for hunting places, like nothing ever yep. stays the same. Everything's always changing. Yep. And you, I guess you kind of like, you chase it because, like, man, we're, we're a part of that wave that moved here, right? So, like, we bought our place in 2020, but with the intention of eventually moving here, and, like, with my retirement kind of expedited that. But, like, um, you know, I think we are part, we're a part of that wave. So we're not, like, it's like, oh, man, I wish it would stay the same. But, hey, man, you're a part of that change as well. So it's, it's I guess it's just kind of, like you said, it goes with the with the nature of things that people want to move or, or it's nice to live. So, Man, we're, we're, one of, we're one of those people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we all are or were at some point in time, you know, so it's tough to move to a place and then want to stop the um, growth of exactly. it. You know, it's like exactly. I, I was that person once, too, you know, so, yeah, yep. I totally hear you there. So. Yep. Well, good. Um, We're already chatting. I'd say we get into it. Is there anything specific you want me to mention? No, no, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to be on and connect with you, and, and uh, I'm just looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, um, well, uh, you're easy to talk to. It'll go good. Um, man, you guys have that that show. I'm super excited about that. Like, it looks like you guys have some great episodes on there. We, uh, it, it, I mean, I don't know how much Brad kind of went through you with the like the show and whatnot, um, but it that has been a, a ton of fun. We're we're both like obviously uh, teammates but competitive guys um the guys who put this together for us was like hey we should we should kind of bank this as a competition thing bring some um some guests on to 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 enjoy the banner back and forth a little bit of kind of locker room talk if you will and then share kind of being outdoors and doing some of the activities you guys like to do when you're when you're not playing hockey so that's been really cool um it, it kind of took on a life of its own uh, you know, we filmed our first two episodes with just kind of like the intention of putting them on YouTube and kind of seeing how they go. And then, you know, Nesting got a hold of it and was like, Hey, you guys want to put this into a show? And, um, so, you know, our, our marketing guys just kind of reworked it, made it kind of work out, but, um, and then it grew from there. So that's, that's been a lot of fun. I don't know if that was the initial intention at all, uh, when we started Marsh and Milko, but, um, it's been cool. Uh, we've enjoyed sharing it with people and, We've really enjoyed the, you know, kind of the episodes back and forth. So that's been that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it looks like you guys have a ton of fun, like all outdoor activities. Uh, where can guys watch that show at? So that's that's the that's the bummer part of it is is only on Nesson, which okay. I get it. Uh, you know, Nesson New England Sports Network. It's it's only they own the rights to it. Um, not a lot of people 
like nationwide have that. I mean, out in Utah, I can't even get it unless you're paying like subscription wise for it, but it's on Nesson. And I think eventually we'll be able to get it uh, once the season's over back on YouTube or, or our, our page, whatever, something like that. So I, that's, I think that's the kind of plan, but right now, basically through the end of season two, it'll just be on Nesson. Dude, that's super cool. Uh, is there, there's nothing funner than like giving your buddies hell or like laughing at a mistake <laughs> that they make or uh, razzing them. Like that's just the funniest humor to me. Like what I I uh, I get, you know, and it and when you're on these hunts or uh, doing these activities, you know, or times get tough, that that dark humor comes into play. Man, there's nothing funnier yeah. on planet Earth to me. I, I totally agree, and I I've been fortunate. I mean, Mar, I you you know Brad, but like Brad, I call him Marshy. I'm just gonna refer to Marsh. That's just like his nickname, whatever. But um, Marsh, I mean, we've been teammates for you know we were teammates for nine years, and and uh, so I got to know him pretty well, obviously. And then like outside of teammates, like hunting buddies and like spending time in the woods, and so there's just kind of like a certain banner that we're able to get away with back and forth and that kind of trickles into the show obviously and then our competitive edge kind of goes into it so that that humor and he is i mean around the league is kind of known for that guy but he is definitely um he's he's definitely not shy when it comes to chirping back and forth and it's it's pretty evident in the show and um we 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 give it to each other pretty good and that's all you know that's all it's all the fun part, right? That's the, I mean, people probably enjoy watching that more than us shooting around and doing anything. So that that's, we enjoy it. Well, and you have to have a sense of humor too, because a lot of times uh, we or I, you know, will be the butt of the joke or making fun of myself over some mistake, but gosh, that's just, um, that that's so hilarious. Like it's so fun. Uh, and I, and I bet it was that way throughout your hockey career too, like with guys in the locker room and razzing guys or when they make a mistake, uh, it, it's just a fun way to live your life, to not take yourself too serious. And you, you work hard and you play hard and you want to do well at things, but in the same breath, you also have to be able to laugh at yourself. That's uh, I mean, that's, I think that's a big, big thing we kind of always preached as well. Yeah. You, I mean, you have. You have a responsibility and a role as your job professional to kind of do your job. But at the same time that we wanted to make sure that we were having fun and, and enjoying each other's company. So there was always that banner back and forth. Every, every guy on the team is obviously competitive. And so they want to not be the brunt of the joke, but it makes it that much better when uh, <laughs> get a guy that actually, you know, puts that much time into it and um, ends up being that brunt. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and we've, we've kind of carried that over into uh, the hunting and the show and that, and that whole part of it. Now, do you guys do you find that uh, you guys have a better team, or you guys win more, or perform better when you like? I think of it as as falling in love with the process and not the results. And like I, uh, I count like like in hunting, you know, I've fallen in love with the process, the the preparing for it, the the shooting my bow, the trail miles, the the planning, the scouting, the e-scouting, the the applying for tech, like all of this entire process, all the way down to being on the hunt. And um, these hunts never go as planned. Like there's always challenges. Either, you know, there's no game there, you can't find game and you have to adapt, or there's a lot of hunting pressure, or the weather comes in and it's nasty weather. Uh, It seems like there's always these challenges, but I feel like falling in love with the process and the journey and having fun while you're there, I perform better and I end up being successful in the end instead of like falling in love with the results, falling in love with 
you know, shooting that trophy buck or, you know, that's the only thing that you that you look forward to is being successful. And and that's just such a small portion of hunting. And I would think that would relate to hockey as well as when you guys are having fun and you're joking around and you're enjoying process and enjoying the games like you guys are just going to play better and be better as a team. Do you find that in your life? I mean, it's funny you bring that up. I was having a conversation with my wife about this the other day. And, like, you know, I just recently retired. It's coming on a year here in, in May. Um, and, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, this is kind of a two-part question. So I guess the first part one is 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 hockey is very similar to that uh, in, in the process. Like, the de- you know, uh, the devil's in the detail. Like, the process of it is you're not going to, you know, you're not going to get to the end result without, like, that – that struggle throughout a season that, you know, you never go through a season where things are just perfect. You always go through ups and downs. Um, you can clearly see that you have a better season. You start the season off. If you, if the guys spent the time in the gym on the ice before the season together skating, they, they, they know each other's tendencies. So that process is like, it's, it's, you know, and through my career, it was very evident, like years that we went in and had success and years that we went in and maybe we struggled a little bit. Um, and for me, I guess that's the first part is, is hockey is absolutely like that. Um, I think any sport, I guess, is translates into that. But um, for, for me, uh, the hunting side of it um, was such a like an, a, a, there was such a similarity. And, and I think the the one thing that I really enjoyed about getting in, like falling in love with bow hunting is that is that is that process is you can't you can't fake it. Uh, in my opinion, you can't fake it. It's hard to just pick up a bow, shoot a couple times and go be successful. Um, and at the same time, I've been so used to it in my career and my life and what I've been doing that it translates so much that the, the time you put in before the actual hunt, um, a lot of the time determines your success. The majority of the time determines your success. And yeah, ultimately you're, we are out there to, you know, to, to, to kill a deer or elk or whatever it may be and to harvest that animal and like go home and be happy and, you know, show your buddies and like enjoy that moment and experience. But, um, I've learned to, and I think it's become something that I I'm chasing now is that, you know, like archery season doesn't start in August. It starts in April, maybe before, you know? Um, and I think for, for me, that's become, uh, something that I, I really enjoy and, and has become something to fill that void where hockey's now gone and that, you know, like it, it kind of crescendos into a season where the fall is like your season for hunting now. And um, before it was the same thing, you know, season ends in, in May or June, whatever playoffs are done. You take a couple of weeks off and then you start training again, basically to have, you know, your season back, start back up in August for hockey. Well, you know, both season ends and, you know, you rifle season or whatever you want to after that. And then you, you, know, you start, you already turn the page and you start looking at next season. You start putting in tags. You start, Hey, what arrow setup am I going to do? What am I doing this? So like, I've, you know, it's, it's been like that turn the page for me has been really easy, uh, having hunting as like, a an avenue to continue to have that process and that kind of passion for something that, that really just, if you put, if you put the time in it, it makes it more rewarding when you're successful. 
Man, a hundred percent, Kevin. What a great answer. Like, uh, and I love that you've transitioned your passion in, into something else. Like us guys, we need passion. We need something that excites us, that, uh, that gets us working hard. And I also like that you said you can't fake it. Like you're an elite level athlete at the top of his game. If anybody could fake it, it'd be you. And even you admit that you can't fake it. You can't yeah. just pretend and pick up your bow right before season and put together all the necessary skill sets to find consistent success that it takes yeah, and that's this, the thing. consistency yeah. too right yeah. because there are guys that get lucky like let's be honest right there's guys that get lucky the buck comes out at the right time it is what it is it's happened it's part of the gig and the same thing in sports you know this guy goes out he gets lucky but consistency over time like if you don't have that process and you you try and fake it's just not going to pan out and like that i mean especially in art i mean you know especially in archery and that's that's what i love about it so much that the the discipline of it um requires you to have that like that preparation and be disciplined and make sure you're getting your reps and doing your thing and um and I, you know people harp on it a little bit and they're like oh you know you really need to shoot that much or like man it's april why you, you know what are you doing or but i think it just becomes more of a it's more than it's it's more than just the hunting thing for me. I think it's more of like the like like the preparation, the discipline of it that 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 kind of draws me to it. I guess. I mean, you're gonna be dangerous with a bow in your hands, like you already are. <laughs> but like just putting that same mindset that you use to be at the top of your game in hockey and transitioning that into bow hunting, uh, you're definitely gonna find success. And I find too, like for me, uh, it's the same way. I transition. Uh, you know, I had all this passion for wrestling and nowhere near the elite level that you are. But I worked really hard at it to be at the top of my game. And after I kind of finished my wrestling career, I needed a place for my passion, and that's where I started pouring it into backcountry hunting and i found the the harder i worked at it or the more i put into it the more i could achieve and that that kept growing and i found you know even at like uh uh turned 42 here in a handful of days but even at 42 like i'm still improving i'm still getting better and what i found too is i got to make sure that i don't rest on my laurels i don't rest on my previous achievements or my my previous accomplishments that bow hunting it does require that discipline that you're talking about where i have to continue to stay hungry and i have to continue to work because there's a bunch of young guys coming up that that would love to take my spot or take my position yeah. and so for me like it's continuing to have that hunger for it and and put in that work and so you know i i kill a a big buck or a big bull and i do like you said i do enjoy in that moment and i try to enjoy in the success but after a couple weeks it's time to get back to work and i know coming yeah. into this season you know that i can't rest on a big bull i shot last year or a big buck that i that i shot last year that i have to put in the work this year to be at the top of my game just to give myself a chance to find that success again and so like i think it's important to really keep that hunger and not get satisfied where you're at i think it's well it's it's very true that you like it but and it would be very like I mean, it'd be very easy for you to be like, hey, man, look what I did last year. It'd be very easy for you to say that. I mean, I, I've watched a ton of your guys' shows. I've seen what you guys do and, like, the whole – I mean, it'd be very easy for a lot of guys, like, in your position to go, hey, man, like, I don't need to do anything else. I've, I've checked every box. I've gone and, like, I've done this. Um, and for, for you guys, you know, it's, it's inspiring for me. And it's funny because, like, you know, my, I'm sitting there with my wife and I'm watching you guys' videos and, I'm, you know, a bunch of different ones, the Elk 101 guys and all these. And I, I just, like, enjoy to, to watch you guys go through the process. And 
I'm turning on. It's April. And my wife's like, hey, it's April. Like, we're not even in summer here. Are we going to watch this till September? I'm like, well, hell yeah, we are. Like, this is, I, I really enjoyed it. So it's cool to watch you guys do that and, and, and like to preach about it, to hear you preach about it is even cooler um, because I, I find that that's the same. It's the same mentality that I think any any athlete or, you know, because any professional athlete, whatever their trade may be, it's the same kind of mentality that you have to have in order to, to be successful and continue to be successful. Yeah, which you did for years playing hockey, which is amazing. You had to pick yourself up every year and get ready for it. And it's, uh, I, I bet it's a, a change for you. You're only a year out of retirement, but you're still so young and in the, the, the prime of your life. But it, it seems like that, uh, uh, you know, professional hockey has such a, a short time frame where you can be at that level. Uh, but it's got to be weird now to transition into retirement and into enjoying your life and your family and a place for that passion. Uh, have you struggled with that at all or are you keeping yourself busy? I, I'm keeping, I mean, obviously the house, uh, building the house keeps me busy. Uh, you know, and I'm, I think for, for me, I love this. I, I played it my whole life. Like I knew at five years old what I wanted to do. I was very fortunate. Like, Hey, this is, I want to play hockey the rest of my life. And, you know, not you know, five year olds. I'm thinking, great, I'll play the rest of my life. So I'm a hundred. Right. But you know, you get older and you kind of realize, Hey, there is a finite amount of time to this. So everybody kind of knows that, Hey, you know, this is going to come to an end at some point. And so, I always, for me, um, I've, I wasn't, so Brad, you know, Marcy, he's, he's been hunting his whole life. Um, he, he was surrounded in it up in Canada doing his thing. And um, that, that was not the case for me. I've, I've always been a passion. It's always been a passion of mine to try to get involved in. Um, it's, it's funny because I grew up such an animal lover. I mean, like, I still am. Like, I had all sorts of animals as a kid, snakes and ferrets and all this stuff. And, um, and now my, my family kind of gives me, you know, they gave me grief a little bit like, Oh, you know, you're you now this is this hunter and you enjoy this. And I'm like, well, I guess the, 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 the transition for me is that like, I, I love being around them so much that like hunting, hunting is a part of that. Um, so I get to be close to those and especially bow hunting, you're close to those animals and kind of witness them and like their natural habitat and the whole thing and, and to be around it. Um, so that, that's been, um, I guess one, one part of the hunting transition into it. And then, you know, like, with, with hockey, like I've always been, you know, it starts in August and it ends in May and you miss all the fall. So like, it was hard for me to kind of, to get out and, and, and enjoy it. I tried it in college. I bought my first like lever action thinking I'm going to go kill a deer and, um, just ne- never had success. Like went turkey on it a couple of times. And then, you know, my, my family, uh, my cousins own a, a fly fishing place up in Ennis and, um, I was, you know, 15, 16 years old. And, they brought me out and like I went pheasant hunting and I was like, Oh man, this is so awesome. I really love to do this. And, but with, you know, with hockey, I just never had the opportunity to do it. Now that I'm retired, um, I'll talk, I'll talk to you a little bit about like, I was able to get into it while I was still playing, but now that I'm retired, I'm, I'm just looking forward to like kind of letting that passion blossom. Um, you know, spend more time with my family, obviously, but like at the same time to, to find that new passion, which is, which is hunting and, and, spend a lot of time outside and, and enjoy that, that those things that I just never had the opportunity to do like growing up. Yeah, that is so cool, Kevin. Um, yeah, it, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, doing this passion too, like we, I want to spend quality time with my family, but going on these big adventures and, and challenging myself mentally and physically, uh, you know, it, it's able to give me perspective on my life. It seems when I go day to day, 
I can get stressed out like anybody. But it, it's like yep. when you when you go on these big hunts or these big adventures, you realize what's important to you and you realize what's important in your life. And and I I carry that over like to learn to be successful at something like how you do one thing is how you do everything. So, you know, if how you play hockey is how you bow hunt is how you are a dad or is how you are a husband. At least I find that in my life. Like it's my hunting is what really drives me and, and it drives me to be better at it. And I work at it. But through that, you know, I also work to be a better contractor. I also work to be a better husband, to be a better father. Like it doesn't do me any good to be a great bow hunter and get a divorce or have my, you know, not spend this quality time with my kids. So I find that, that, that through learning how to be good at something, it teaches you how to be good at other things. And I'm able to uh, use that to be better in the rest of my life. But I, I'm so glad you found bow hunting and it's really fun to hear your love for animals. And I, I have the same love, you know, I have a, a dog that's my best friend that travels everywhere with me, that runs the trails with me and things. And I, I have a deep love for the animals I hunt. And I think as a hunter, like if you're not a hunter, you, you feel like uh, we dislike animals. But but I, I think we have sure. like this greater appreciation of them than anybody else out there. Like I love mule deer and elk and antelope and bears more than anybody else out there. And I want to fight to protect them as a species and the animals that we hunt. Uh, it's not just as simple as going out with a bow and taking an animal. Like once you start to bow hunt, you find out it's one of the most difficult challenges on planet Earth. Like these animals have evolved for thousands of years, avoiding mountain lions and predators. Like like they're switched on. They're crafty. Yeah. Like you want to yeah. kill a big mule deer, you're not going to kill one on your first stock. Like it's going to take really dedicating yourself to the craft and getting multiple stocks and making all these mistakes, learning for them from them before it can. And finally come together so like once you learn that it's it's the ultimate challenge and that that you have this love for these animals and you're you're trying to also like manage the herd i'm trying to take older age class animals that have reached their maturity that have passed their genes on through breeding uh to continue strengthen the herd and and i do i i love hunting and i love harvesting animals but you know, it's also taking responsibility for the meat that we're eating, and it's the 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 best, most most protein dense, wild organic meat on the on the planet. And so, to be able to feed this to myself to fuel my passion, and also my entire family, my girls, it's it you know it's it's pretty much all we eat, or at least ninety ninety five percent is all wild game. You know, and I I love that. And when we harvest an animal there's such a deep appreciation for that animal and for its life like we put in so much effort to harvest that animal but then we have to pack it off the mount have to to field butcher it to break it down to pack it off the mountain to to earn this deer through our sweat equity and then we get it home and i do the entire butchering process the girls help and it's wrapped in my freezer so each package that i take out it, it, it's the you know i always know what animal it is the effort i put in and, and appreciate it. so i think it like hunting it, it it sounds counterintuitive but it almost gives us this deeper love and appreciation for the animals that we do hunt i love that there's so much packed into what you said and i'm, I'm sure you've you know you shared that and it's awesome to hear you kind of speak so i know i know this but it's, it's awesome to hear you speak so passionately about it but there's so much packed into that First and foremost, like the how you do anything is how you do everything. I, it's one of my models. I absolutely love it. Um, I don't know where you, if, you, if you know where that came from, but there's a guy. Uh, his name's Nate Hardy. He was a former SEAL. Um, his dad is Steve Hardy. He's from New Hampshire. He's a 
who uh, was a professor at New Hampshire, uh, University of New Hampshire, and he's a um, um, he's a big hockey fan. And I got connected with him. I have some friends in the in that naval special warfare community. And so Nate Hardy, that was one of his things that he put on his locker. How you do anything is how you do everything. It's awesome to hear you say that. But um, <laughs> the next thing, I was just I was kind of sidetracked when you said that it was awesome. But um, um, yeah. So w- w- what you were saying, there's so much packed into it that I think for for me, uh, one of the the cool things, the, the biggest connection for me um, with with the animal and harvesting it, it's like people have they lose that connection of where their meat comes from and where their where like our, our ancestors and all that came from. But when you when you harvest an animal, everyone just sees you know you kill an animal, everyone just sees that picture afterwards, right? The majority of people just see the picture afterwards. They don't see what goes into it and the process that you went through. And they see you behind this animal with a big smile and this whole thing. But, you know, I, I think um, it's not – I think the majority of hunters probably feel the same way that I do. I'm sure you probably feel the same way that I, But it's, it's, it's sad. Like, you know, you, you walk up to the animal and, and you see the animal and it's, it's like, you know, you just, you just kill this animal and, and it's sad. You're, you're super excited because you put all this time and effort in. But at the same time, you did take a life. Um, and you have a responsibility – and I think you guys talk about this a lot. You have a responsibility of uh, making sure, and this kind of goes into our conversation earlier, is that you can't fake it, right? Because everyone, I'm sure everyone's had this, you know, you've had this, I've, I've had this, where you, you don't put a good shot on that animal and that animal suffers. And it's, I mean, it's sad. Um, it hurts. Like it, it, I've had that, had it happen to me last year where I had to find the deer in the morning. I'm like, I could not sleep that whole night. I was literally sick to my stomach. And to the point where I was like, man, I like, this is, this is a lot. And so it's um, the, the connection that hunters have with that animal, I think, is, is way deeper than people give the hunting community credit for, I think. Um, and I think the majority of hunters fall in that, that aspect where they, they, they harvest that animal, they put the time in, they, they make sure they know what they're doing, they, they bring the meat home, they share it with their friends, their family. Um, and like, you know, my kids are the same. They love, I mean, it's like, elk night is like their night where we you know we're, we're grilling up some elk and they just they eat the whole thing they, they that's we eat the majority of ours is, is, is wild game now and and to be able to pass that on to them for me is like is a huge thing but but being able to have that connection again um with the land with the animal have that respect for it um it's there's just, just so much packed into that whole thing um of hunting in general whether it's bow hunting rifle whatever it is there's so much packed into that um it can almost be overwhelming. Um, for me, there's, there's been times where like, man, I I can't even talk afterwards. I'm just so like thankful and appreciative, like sad, happy. There's so much emotion going on there. Um, it's just, it's, it's a lot. And, and you know, it's, it's cool to hear you talk about it. I love chatting about it with people because there's a lot of people that don't understand that connection. They, like I said, they just see the photo at the end. And they just, or they just see, you know, what you're posting or what you're sharing or what video this and that. And, um, but they don't see all the stuff that goes in before and after. Um, and I think, I think the hunting community in general has done a better job and it's, and it's trending in a way where they're able to show that, Hey guys, it doesn't always happen the right way. It doesn't always happen where you shoot this animal and it dies right there. And there's, there's problems that come up and, and that's all a part of it. You know, we all do our best to try to make sure you do an ethical and, and safe shot, but it just doesn't always happen. Um, and I think that the hunting community, community in general is now kind of trending in the right way where they're showing that this is a part of it. This is a part of life. Um, and we, we have respect for the animal and we just want to do our best to, to harvest it in the right way, 
um, to process the meat the right way to make sure you, you, you bust your ass to get out of there in time to say that, that the less meat gets spoiled, the better. So the whole thing kind of is full circle, but it's just, I don't know. I love talking about it with people because it's, it's, it's become such a passion of mine and that, you know, to hear you guys chat about it all the time is, is really cool. And you're, you're spot on. Like you're, you're immersed in it and immersed in the culture and you're, you're, you're spot on about the feelings. Like the, there's like this conflict or this, these feelings that you do when you harvest an animal. There are like a bunch of emotions running through you being happy and joyful that you harvested the animal, but also being sad for that, that animal that, that you ended his life, you know, and, and, and these animals, they get to live wild and free and so it's like better than than any living we could hope for to live up on the mountains and eat these wild grasses and live wild and free but eventually that comes to an end like all life yeah. you know and and uh there there is like all these emotions that flood through you and and you're right we do make mistakes and i try really hard on the podcast to share mistakes or shortcomings or failures that i have because that that is it, it it is the norm. It is going to happen to everybody if they hunt long enough, and so it's important to share that so uh, people can deal with those emotions when it does happen to them. And it's it also it keeps us working hard and dedicated to our craft so we can make clean, efficient, uh, quick kills on these animals so they don't suffer. And it one of the reasons why I work so hard at it, one of the things that you learn through hunting. You know, not only uh, like I want to harvest that animal so bad, but I found throughout time that I can't force it either. I have to wait yeah. for the right opportunity. Like patience is a virtue all the way throughout hunting, but waiting for that that perfect angle on that animal or not trying to force an arrow through the branches because I've done that before and I've made that mistake and I've had bad results. Not taking, you know, elk or big animals and you can kill them shooting in the front, but I know not to take a long shot on a front facing elk. Like, sure if he's standing at 20 yards or less i can hit that size of an apple that i need to hit to put that bull down but i know not to take a long shot on a bad angle you have to like learn these lessons and and you can definitely shorten the learning curve by listening to other guys by watching shows listening to podcasts but ultimately you have to get out there and live it and yeah. ultimately you have to make those mistakes you know you you have to the reason why bow hunting will take you to the highest highs of accomplishing your goals and arrowing those animals will is because it's also going to take you to your lowest lows you can't have one without the other otherwise it'd just be all middle ground and so to have those highs those killing and arrowing that great bull you also have to have those lows of failure or not hitting a bull right that'll just yeah. take you down to your core and you almost said it when you were talking that 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 animal and being overnight you, you didn't say it directly but and i'm kind of putting words in your mouth but sometimes like when something bad like that happens especially like early in your hunting career you're thinking is this really for me like i don't like feeling oh, like man. this i don't like messing 100%. up you start to question everything when something like that happens hundred percent like i like and i yeah i almost said it. i was like man is this do i really want to like is this something i really want to do i was like sick to my stomach um and like you know and the next day like i was thankful i found them and and i understand how it went but like at the, that moment we're like hey man i can't i need to back out and i can't find this thing been hours in the morning i can't find them i'm i'm thinking to myself like oh i if i can't find this thing i'm gonna i, I don't know what i'm gonna do and so it's just, it's, it's a lot to process. And I think, I mean, it, it definitely, I mean, it made me better for it because I knew the next, like, I'll never make that mistake again. Like, I just need to let, let them, like, I, I what happened was I, I shot him and I, I hit him just a little bit back 
and I watched him like at 40 yards, like run off and, and he, you know, he, he fell and it looked like he was, you know, dying right there. I'm like, okay, great. So I got, I got up and I started walking towards him way too soon. He got up and he ran off. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And then it started to rain. It's like six o'clock at night. It started oh, no. to rain. I'm like, Oh no. Right. So the next morning I went and then tried to find him and I'm like two hours in and I can't find him. And so, yeah, that feeling I had, I mean, that whole night was just like, oh, my gosh, if I can't find this thing, what am I going to do? So, but I think that that, I mean, like you said, those lessons, they just made me a better, I mean, better hunter because now I know, right? There's just lessons that you have to go through that you'll know. Like, hey, you just have to let them sit. And you can, like you said, yeah, I can I can listen to, and I, I do, I do a lot of it. I listen to you guys' podcasts. I listen to a lot of people's podcasts. I watch a lot of videos because you can pick up little things here and there that like really go a long way because, you know, you guys have been so gracious with sharing that information, but that until you get there and, and go through a a, a number of those things and those situations, um, you you just, you just can't put pen to paper on it until it happens. Um, but it's, I mean, it's, it's all part of the journey and you talked about it. Like, you know, your happy birthday in a couple of days at 42, you're, you're still learning. But like, I mean, I've, I have, such a such a long way to go i'm so i'm about as green as it gets when it comes to this stuff uh but i've 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 been grateful to be around some people that kind of steered me in the right direction and i mean marcy's been one of those guys it's i don't know if you know the bow story but i mean he basically bought my first bow for me um really i uh, I don't know the story no can you tell it to me no it's hilarious so like i'm I'm, you know i i was always into like because i like shooting guns i'm like oh man i'm 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 gonna rifle hunt whatever and and marsh's like hey man like there's good bow hunting we can go we can go shoot you know we can go bow hunting here in boston like um just come with me i'm like yeah i'm kind of hesitant yeah you know like i gotta get a bow this whole thing i'm like cocky and like you know we got so much going on he's like he's like just get one man then all of a sudden you know he's like hey man I, i i ordered a bow and it showed up lefty i'm like what he said, yeah, I bought this bow on eBay, and it showed up lefty. I mean, it shows up. It's like this nice Matthews bow. I'm like, you're out of your mind. Don't lie. Like, you bought me a freaking lefty bow just so that you could have a hunting buddy. And, like, next thing you know, like, he gets it all dialed in for me. And, and two, you know, three, four days later, I'm in a tree stand, and here we are, right? So, like, he, you know, Marshy bought me my first bow um, and, like, kind of got me into it. Um, and I'm just, at this point now, I'm just, it's become a, such a passion of mine. So, it, it the, the process of it has been awesome. And, um, I've, I've just, I've been able to be around him and learn so much. And then other guys that, you know, he's introduced me to and just through the hunting community. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun, man. That's amazing. Like some of these connections we make like through hunting, it's, it just seems like it's such a, a deeper level connection when you go through something with somebody or you have an adventure with somebody. And I'm sure you, you and Marshall like had that same thing throughout hockey. Like you guys are training together, you're winning together, losing together. You build like such a tight connection. And I think it's the same thing with the hunting community. Like my, my hunting buddies are my absolute best friends. And it's on this, this deeper level where we have this connection because we've suffered together we've gone on these adventures together we've been through all these things and and they're also some of the best guys on planet earth it seems like uh when you when you do hard things it it makes hard men you know it makes good men you know and they they care about you and they're good hunting buddies that that pull for your success as much as as you pull for your own you know they they want you to win they want you to be successful and i i think um it's one of the most meaningful things about hunting to me is just like a bunch of the connections I'd make my circle of friends. They're such great guys. And it, it sure seems like you and Marsh have that. We, I mean, we've, we've had, it's, it's funny. Cause like we've had, it's been both, 
right? We've, we've had like hockey's been that for us where we've, we've been through the ups and downs of the season and like winning and losing and the whole thing. And like, and you're, you're there for your teammates and you build those tight bonds. Right. Um, and then you have that whole nother level and like the side of hunting side where we've been able to go out and share some experiences like hunting. And like, I mean, I don't know. Did he tell you, did I don't, did he talk to you about our Colorado elk hunt last year? Did he tell you about that? He, uh, he did, but, uh, did. tell it, tell it again. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear it. Cause you guys killed a couple bulls there in a short amount uh, of time. Well, we, we killed one and we had a shot at another one. But oh, that's like, right. Short amount of time. It was like, it, it was, it was the crazy. I mean, about as like picturesque experience, elk hunting experience you could ever ask. I don't think, well, I don't know. I'm going to chase it probably for the rest of my life. That's where we're at right now. Um, like it is just, it was like the most perfect thing that ever had happened. And I didn't shoot a bull, but man, it sure feels like I did. Like I, it feels like I punched my tag last year in Colorado because it was that, you know, we get in and like, I was calling for him, you know, he had, he had bought the tags and we're in Colorado and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still learning how to call. I think I got it down. I've been working so hard at it. I'm like, it's funny. Cause I'm, I was living in Boston at the time, like during this, you know, during the season and I'm like living in this condo and I'm like screaming bugles and my neighbors next door is like, what the hell is going on? But like, <laughs> I'm like trying to learn how to call and the whole thing. And it, it finally, like I got to, you know, uh, apply that and, and, and have it work was really so satisfying, but you know, we were like marshy we pull this we pull this bull in like from like 200 yards away we pull this bull and all these cows in he comes screaming in he's all fired up and marshy puts a great shot on him at 40 yards and, and then next thing you know there's one up the hill and he came in he starts to kind of get on the same plane as us and realize hey there's not a bull here so he darted but we i start cow calling there's another one up the hill we start running up the hill we're chasing him and he comes into about 50 yards and i draw back um, and Marshy's behind me now calling for me. And, and, and here's, I mean, lesson learned. Like I wish he was 15 yards behind me calling because he, he kind of got to that point where he got stuck being like, Hey, there should be a cow right there. And there's not. Um, and I'm standing there just quivering, holding my, my bow back. And, you know, he comes to 40 yards and he kind of stops right at 40. And, uh, I got this little kind of like this little V maybe six inches where I got to, you know, shoot through this area. And I'm holding it, holding it. It felt like I felt like an hour. It's probably a minute. And and uh, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna do my best to try and squeeze it through that. And I just missed. And I, I stuck it right in the tree. So I had I had this. The only shot was his vitals right there. And I, I either was gonna hit him. Or I'm gonna hit this tree. Uh, I ended up hitting the tree. But it was just like the whole experience was awesome. And we went back and we processed his bull. We him and I packed it out and, and just the whole kind of like from start to finish was like such an awesome experience and i like i said I, i'm sure i'll be chasing it for for the rest of my life man that's amazing kevin like um that to me is the funnest part of bow hunting is is getting into them that that uh you know that that epic epic elk party or that that epic mule deer rut where you see things with your own eyes that you don't even believe is possible with uh to hear hundreds of bugles, you know, in a morning or in a day and you're chasing bulls and you're engaged in this, in this hunt, you know, in, in this hunt that, you know, our ancestors, like that's the reason we survived as the human race is because of our ability to hunt. And so that excitement is in our DNA and to get into them like that and have those close calls and then have Marshy kill that bull and help oh, him with the nuts. process. Dude, that is absolutely nuts. amazing. And you will find it again, but you're right that, um, 
that chase is what keeps you going. So getting into that epic elk party, like like last elk season, I had a tough season. Like I've got this special unit and, um, you know, it can be good, but it was a drought year. We didn't get a lot of clover. A lot of the elk were on private. So you're hunting private public borders, trying to hike around the edges. You're putting all this effort in throughout the season. And I think I had close to 20 days in elk hunting last year where I really went for it and ended up in my home range. I live in... Um, Ennis, by the way, so small world. Really? Yeah, yeah. I live in Ennis, oh my Montana. Gosh, that's awesome. Yep. So next time you're out, we'll have to connect for a drift I'm or coming, for a hunt. I'm coming or... into May. I'm coming up for a little bit. So oh, I'd dude, love we, to connect. Yeah, let's yeah. do a drift. I got my drift yeah. boat here, and and same thing with fishing too. Like this isn't a fishing podcast, but you you go for all these mediocre days to see that one epic dry fly day where they're all eating they're dry going, flies, and yeah. you see so many big trout that you don't even realize exist in that river. You you it's like uh, capturing lightning in a bottle and with that elk rut like 20 days into it last season i kept going and going we had this epic big storm come in pushed in two feet of snow continued to put forth effort and finally i found the elk party and i got into one of the sickest elk parties like you say it'll be something that i'm chasing for years but you do find it over and over again it's just different and this year the elk piled out of the mountains there's nobody around hunting with a bow because it's the end of bow season like i'm down to the last few days of bow season and uh glass through my spotting scope and all i can see is giant six points and they're still rutting second cycle estrus cows bugling like crazy and just going nuts and so many big bulls that I'm looking to shoot and um, so I mean I had to jog three miles to get over into them through the deep snow and get over there and they're still doing their thing and now I'm engaged and I'm chasing these elk and I'm I'm kind of uh, coyoting the herd and so I'm just kind of moving with them, looking for my opportunity to close in, and and all of a sudden I catch this opportunity, and there's this great big six point that cuts back and leaves the herd and is going to to bed in this different zone, and I know the area really well, uh, able to cut them off on the hill and then put a perfect arrow into them to end my season, but it took me 20 days of elk hunting to find that epic elk party, and it was worth every second of it. Worth every bit of it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's just amazing, man. So it's like that same thing. Thing. like that's what excites me about bow hunting is getting into them and once you find that payoff you're willing to walk through broken glass to find it again you're willing to do whatever it takes to create Absolutely. that scenario and have that excitement again it sounds like that's what you and marcy had as well <laughs> absolutely we're gonna I, like, you, you know we, we, we tell people about it and they're like no way like you're gonna chase that you know for the next 20 years guys and it's like oh man like well that just kind of puts pressure on in a great way because i want that every year like i'm like and I know it's probably not the case. And like you said, it'll be different every year. But, man, just to uh, to be around. And there's something that not many people get, you know, not many people get to experience like a bugle up close. Like that's just the reality of it. But it is like soul piercing. <laughs> I just I don't know. I, there's something about it that just uh, it's, it's, it's addicting. And I I'm just uh, I'm fortunate to have, you know, shared that experience with Marshy. And I'm, I'm just looking forward to kind of chasing that here for the next wherever however many times yeah soul piercing is such a good description of it dude it just lights a fire under you it's just you're seeing something through your own eyes it's it's just amazing that just doesn't happen all it's so rare you know and so when you find I think, that i think i think back i think back like the the settlers basically coming over like like um you know from 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 the from the plains and they kind of hit the mountains and and like what it must have been like you know 
not knowing what that is never like maybe maybe i don't know because there were elk on the east coast back then so maybe they heard it but like imagine somebody coming over you know from that's lived down in texas or something and and they they're they're hitting the rockies and they come over the mountains and like they you know they got a campfire around and like all of a sudden it's like september 15th and like they're going to bed that night and then those things start screaming off like the the thought of what that is in the forest (laughs) just like i think about that a lot when i'm out there chasing them like what what these like people moving west must have thought yeah can you imagine like i think about that too like i think about like our ancestors too like the excitement and thrill that we get like the the buck fever that we all get that excitement that's in our dna for a reason and it's like our ancestors imagine having a tribe of people and getting a chance at a 700 pound animal like securing that meat for your tribe you had to be so excited getting that shot that a lot of times you messed it up and and bow hunting it's like trying to control the chaos, and I'm sure you relate this to hockey as well. Like you have all the pressure on you to perform at your highest level, and, and uh, uh, with that pressure, like like to perform in, in a bow hunting scenario, when you finally get to bend the limbs back and put a shot on an animal, like like it's one of the toughest challenges, and it's easy to sit here or it's easy to to talk about it or to be really good at archery on a target. It's a whole nother thing to be really good at archery on an animal and takes years to perfect. But I would think you would have a shorter learning curve at being able to perform in that high level under that intense amount of pressure, that, that adrenaline, a fog, because you've been there before so many times. So I, I would imagine you'd be able to transition that really well into bow hunting you know, I would like to say that I do. <laughs> I would like to say that that was the case. I actually, I spoke with uh, James Nash, uh, Six Ranch Outfitters guy. He's a uh, friend of mine, and he brought us on. And we actually talked about this, and this was early in my kind of hunting uh, career, if you will, kind of headed in that direction. I've been on a few hunts, and like I, I'm like, ah, you know what? I, maybe maybe it does. I, I'd like to think that, like, yeah, like the pressure of sports and hockey or whatever it is to could translate. And I guess the the more that I've done it now is that it is it is similar in a lot of ways but it's also different in so many ways that like i don't know if it's helped it, it maybe <laughs> <maybe burnt. laughs> i don't know because there's been so many times where i'm just sitting there and i'm looking back and i'm like i don't think i'm gonna be able to pull my bow back I'm, I'm like i can't even control myself right now like i'm looking at my arrow and it's bouncing four inches up and down and <laughs> I, I, and like and so i just i don't know I, I, there's something about it um, I, I, I wish that there was more translation between it, but, um, you know, I, it'd be great if it did and maybe it works for Marshy, but for me, I don't know. There's just, it's still like, it, I still feel like a, uh, I don't know, just like a, it's just, it's just my heart beat out of my chest. Well, you're humble. I think that happens to all of us. Like, I, I yeah. think, um, you know, when we all make mistakes and have to learn from it, like, uh, uh, you know, I've been consistently successful with my bows for years now. I still make mistakes. I I still duffed a shot on a great big Colorado mule deer that I had hunted for seven days straight last year, where I'd laid inside 150 yards for two whole days waiting to make a play on this buck and finally got my play. And, you know, I can tell you the excuses I have, but ultimately I missed high on that buck when I got my chance on a gimme 40-yard shot. You know, I just got twisted up. I was trying to self-film and had my camera three of the other bucks walked out in fact one laid down at 35 yards before the big buck came in and then their heads was were always looking in my direction and so i didn't want to draw i spent so much time into bow range and i've made that shot a hundred times but uh 
that time I missed. I came up short. But, you know, redemption is a powerful tool as well. And when I miss a shot like that, there is nothing I want more in life than redemption. And I I want another chance at it. I I, want to prove to myself I can do it. And I almost get like this hyper focus to create that again and this hyper focus to execute my shot the next time I'm in it. And so I made that mistake. I didn't kill that buck and actually uh, didn't fill that tag in Colorado, which is one of my my favorite hunts but then i went on a run you know that redemption yeah. got a hold of me able to kill that bull uh, a couple nice muley bucks and antelope uh, you know so i went on this run after that a redemption where i was really making all my shots so that that redemption is a powerful tool and dude we all make mistakes the reason i'm as good a bow hunter as i am is because i've made every mistake under the sun you name it i've messed it up stocks yeah. shots ranges whatever it is the reason why I'm better at it is because I failed more. I've just failed a ton, and I learn from it, and I get better. And, and through that, I'm able to build these hunting skill sets to now, you know, I, I'm 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 proficient. If I get the chance, I know I can make it, or most of the time. But it still happens to all of us. Like that excitement is part of the fun as well. That is awesome to hear. I I, I mean, I, yeah, it's it's just cool to hear you speak on it because like uh, I'm 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 in such a early phase of mine where like I, every single time I go out, I make a mistake, and like I. I start a little journal and kind of write it down and so i can i can kind of go back on things like that but it's oh, just cool smart to, kevin it's well i think it's i started doing it i started you know taking a picture of stuff and starting a little journal because i go back and because there were times where i was doing it in, um in boston when i first when i first started bow hunting like i, I actually had a i had broken my hand so it gave me like a four-week window and it just happened to like be right when i was starting to bow hunt so like, I, you know, I, I could go, I could train in the morning like, you know, work on my legs or whatever and like skate a little bit. And then in the afternoon, I, I couldn't play, like I couldn't go, you know, do anything with my hand, but like it was my, my drawback hand. Um, I'm a lefty. And so like, it was my left hand. I broke my left hand and, and, um, I could still draw back and use my fingers, but my hand was in like a cast. Um, and so, but I went, I went and like, I made all these mistakes and I kept forgetting like, Hey man, like you forgot this or that. And like, they, you know, I'm two weeks in and. I still haven't, I, I'm, I, I went, I went like 21 days without seeing a deer. Hmm. And then I went like every day after, after, after practice, I'd go and I'd go and I'd do it. And, but I, I was still making all these mistakes. And so I started to have to like write them down. Um, and then I'd go back through them and, and Hey, okay, make sure you do this. Make sure you bring that. Make sure, you know, Hey, you're getting to stand this way. Make sure you clip this. Cause I was so new to it that it was like trial by fire. And so I was making all the same mistakes over again. And I started to see my couple deer and I started to make more mistakes. And so I, I just started writing it down and, and I, I, I kind of had to, otherwise I wasn't able to process it all, um, without continuing to make a mistake. So I, that's kind of been helpful for me. Man, I bet. Yeah. Uh, journaling, you know, not only for personal growth, but also just, um, you know, as you hunt a lot of spots, sometimes you forget some of the details of things. So having a journal of it uh, is so great for growth, for learning areas, for remembering that. And and it, it, it is that way where we go out and we, we do make mistakes. And you said it earlier. I think you said it about hockey, that the devil's in the details. And now when I miss, like like usually it's one of those details that I forgot. Like my shot execution is good, but maybe I didn't get as good a range as I should have. Like I hit the animal, yeah. but there's grass in the way, and I didn't click them four or five times to confirm the range. I shot and so ended up you know shooting low because I had a range off the grass, so a bad range or – 
yep. you know, the devil is in the details uh, with the with the wind, with the approach. And it seems like you have to make some stupid mistakes, like approach with a bad wind. And, like, maybe it'll happen anyways. And every time you blow it up. And, and I also have to make that same mistake a couple times over before I really learn from it. You know, I have to try to go. It's like they'll be downhill. And the wind's screaming over the ridge, and I think, well, that wind will will probably pass over top of them. It never does. It's like a washing machine as it just dives over the hill and circulates down in there, and I blow that animal up, and I never get a chance at him. And it's like, God, you idiot. You knew better than that, and you still made that mistake. You're you know? just hoping and, that one time it, maybe it didn't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, you, you make these mistakes, but it, it that's the, the growth of a bow hunter is to really make these mistakes and then learn from them and then implement that, you know, into your hunting skill set and it's really about building these these hunting instincts and these instincts are gained through experience and and to get these instincts you make these mistakes you make these right moves you learn from it and then all of a sudden like it starts to just you just make decisions there's no more of this gray area if i should make a stock if i should not make a stock you you look at the conditions you're giving and where that animal's bedded and you say yeah this is go time i think i can kill that animal and during the stock you're choosing your approach whether to go left or whether to go right whether to come up over the rock and so all of this experience goes in you know it's like downloaded into our hard drive and then that that progresses our hunting instincts and the better our instincts get the, the better decisions we make. And to kill an animal, like you have to make a hundred right decisions to have it all go right. Like it's magic when it happens right. But but it's done that through progressing your hunting instincts and then making those good decisions. And so I just think that's such a key component to, to being a great bow hunter is just learning from your mistakes. I like how you put that where it becomes – it doesn't become – like if I should be go this way or that way based off of like a mistake or not, it just becomes a, like a decision that it's like, it, it's programmed into you where it's like, Hey, I could go down this draw and like take a chance and do that. It's less of a chance. It's more of a, it's more of a, Hey, this is the right, right way to do it. If I want to be successful, this is the right way to do it. So it's not like I can go down this draw and try it. No, I'm just going to do what I know is best. And I'm going to go back up around because I know the only opportunity that I have to do this is if he comes this way, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to get a shot this way. And if I don't, I'm going to blow him up. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to put it that way because I, I mean, I can't imagine the amount of time I can, but the amount of times you've probably gone through and said, you know what, I could probably get away with it. And then it doesn't happen. And then over those period of times it not happening, you go, Hey, I, I've learned that I can't go do that. And so I have to stick with the program this way. And it just becomes a decision like, Hey, I'm going, I'm going to decide to follow the script. And if it works out, it does. If it doesn't, like, I'm just going to, I'll, I'll, I'll recoup and we'll go out another way. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like honing those instincts. It's, it's funny too, like how we have to fight our own brain sometimes. Like I know the closer I get, the slower I have to move. Like I want to get to that spot and I don't want it to be me that screws it up. And so you got to real move really slow, but your brain's screaming at you to hurry up and get that opportunity or your brain will play yeah. tricks on you and tell you, Oh, that animal probably isn't bedded there. I'm just going to walk up here and see if he's still there. And then he's still there and he bounds away and you mess it up because you approached too quick you didn't you didn't play the game like he was still there and so like your mind will play tricks on you too it's it's wild how like as humans uh 
patience doesn't come naturally. It's something you have to develop. And, and slowing yourself down and making those right decisions, like uh, uh, you're right in, in a lot of these decisions. You don't think about uh, a certain uh, instance where you did make that mistake. It's just downloaded into your DNA to where now you're you're making all these decisions on the fly, and it's just coming to you from these instincts you developed. But there are times where you have to fight it, where you have to go, no, slow down. I'm not going to screw this up. I'm going to play it like this buck is still here or you know now that i'm 10 yards away from where i'm going to shoot now i've got to move really slow it's not hurry up and get there and and and, uh hope it all works out it's it's slow myself down and and really move into like the hands of the clock to move into place but yeah it's it is funny how those those instincts just develop and then all of a sudden things start coming together you know with more uh, regularity you know I think it's, you know, I mean, just bring it back to kind of sports, too. It's, I guess it's the same thing, repetition over under time, like under stress and the whole, whole thing where it actually, like you said, it becomes instinct, right? Where there's, you know, certain people ask, like, well, how do you do this while you do that while you're on the ice? And it's like, well, I don't even think about that. You know, it's just part of it. I guess it's the same, probably the same thing. And that's I'm looking forward to eventually getting to that point where I can it just becomes kind of second nature to it, where uh, just, the, just the little movements become that. But, like, heck, I can't even imagine where – I have to go through this whole process when I'm drawing back my bow because I know if, if I mess one of those little things up, like I'm going to miss left, right, up, down, whatever it may be. And, and I don't, I mean, I don't know if it'll ever really get to that full point where it just, you know, you're just, you're just lined up on your peep right away every time. But, um, it, it's interesting to think about it that way. And I, heck, I hope I, I'm able to get to that point where a lot of that just becomes second nature. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I love how you relate that to hockey and being on the ice and, and not have to think about every decision you're making. They, they just come to you. So, um, well, uh, uh, what do you got coming up for this season, Kevin? What are you excited about? Oh man. Um, probably waiting for draws too, huh? Yeah. I still waiting on a few. I didn't draw Montana. Thought I was, I think, I think there's a lot of probably people in the, in the same boat as I am. looks like things got pushed back a little bit. Um, um well they did they did just have a case oh no i don't think that'll help you on the general tag they just had something where they're gonna have to do another drawing in montana because it stated in the regs that uh a special unit had to be your first and only choice or some way it was worded there where a lot of guys got kicked out of the drawing and so they're actually gonna have to do another drawing uh because of the way it's worded and their apps were kicked out of the application process uh but uh, i don't think that helps you on the no general. i was just a general yep. combo uh which i drew three years ago and i was like oh that was like kind of my first um uh, like elk hunt like wild like i was it was up in i was up in ennis i was up actually went with uh tim beers i'm sure you know tim yeah yeah i know tim, tim. he took me out there and i went on my first rifle but i i was going to hopefully draw that again didn't draw that, but I got, uh, I'm in Utah, obviously, so I'm going to do some OTC here in Utah, some archery stuff. Brad's going to come out. Um, I, in my area, kind of where I'm at in Peoria, there's some pretty good uh, early season mule deer, so he's going to come out with that. I have a mule deer tag for that. I'm hoping, um, we have, I'm sure Brad spoke with you a little bit about our outfit up in Newfoundland, um, but we. I'm going to hopefully get up to Newfoundland this year, kind of depending on how things go with Canada. But uh, for moose and caribou, um, and then Colorado, I'm heading to Colorado end of September for 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 elk. So right that's, that's 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 kind of where I'm at. So oh man, you got a bunch of great adventures in your well, future. You got a bunch of stuff lined yeah. up. 
Well, I'm trying to, like I said, I'm retired now. I'm trying to take full advantage, trying to catch up on some lost stuff. And, and, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm going to get Brad out early. Uh, he's going to do some archery elk with me and, and then mule deer as well. And then, he, you know, he's still playing obviously. So he'll have his season. Um, uh, but it's, I mean, you couldn't ask to, for better to get in better shape than to come chase some elk around the mountains up in high country. So I, I'm sure he'll be ready to go here for the next season after that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. For sure. Um, well, uh, Kevin, can, uh, we've already talked for an hour, dude, that flew by. What a great conversation, man. Thanks so much uh, for taking the time and joining me on the podcast. And yeah, make sure you hit me up when you're in Ennis. Let's go do a drift or meet up for a cold one or do to. something there. Yeah, I would love to. I would. It'd be great to connect. I'm sure we will for sure. But I, again, I just appreciate you having me on here. I appreciate what you guys are doing for, for the hunting community and everything. It's been great to follow you a lot. I mean, even before I was really even to hunting, hunting hard, I was always following Eastman and stuff. So it's it's been cool to see the evolution that you guys had over the years and and then uh, continued success. So I, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Well, thanks, sir. We'll talk soon. Yep. Sounds good. All right, guys. That's a wrap. Really enjoyed that conversation with Kevin. Um, what what a great human being, great person, and um, man, retired so young from professional hockey. It's just uh, uh, amazing spending it, what he loves to do, and that's hunting. And uh, just great insight into um, into hunting and and um, mindset and execution, and uh, just went really well. I was really happy with how that turned out. So I hope you guys enjoyed it, and thanks again to um, Kevin Miller for coming on the podcast. So make sure to check out uh, Eastman's and check out everything we do. We will have some of those Beyond the Grids hitting soon. Uh, first up, one up is, I believe, my Nevada hunt that should be coming out any day now, so I'll make sure to let you guys know on that. It'll be on Eastman's Hunting TV on the YouTube channel. And uh, also reviewing some other hunts I did last season. So um, fun to look over that footage and kind of relive some of those things. And um, yeah, I'm proud how they came out and excited to share them with you guys. So if you're a Tag Hub member, you can get access to that early. Uh, you can go on Eastman's and um, uh, search Tag Hub, put in the promo code Brian and save you a little bit at checkout. And um, get access to... Uh, everything in the western states it's just a great research tool for planning your hunts out west and um, i use it all the time and with that man just an amazing trip i did this um intro and ending without coffee this morning i'm trying to get things done and get to a concrete pour this morning so if i'm lagging behind or forget the uh words that's why i don't have my caffeine this morning yet but um we'll get some caffeine mainlined in go get this concrete poured and um got a podcast this afternoon so uh we'll keep rolling here get a bunch of work done get closer to this hunting season it's coming a uh, couple months away and and fun to get that first adventure under my belt uh hawaii just like a a great group of guys great hunt uh good action and um, shot really well out there. So I'll, I'll do a, a recap podcast. Maybe I'll sit down and do a solo and uh, talk about that Hawaii adventure. Maybe get one of my buddies on and we'll we'll recap. So I'll put that in the works and try to get that done this week so I can get it out to you guys. And um, keep rolling. Keep getting you some good podcasts. I'm going to be at the Western Hunting Summit coming up this weekend. In fact, I'm going to run over there Friday. I'll bring all my recording stuff as there'll be some great guests there and try to sit down and record some more podcasts, do some live ones. So uh, bring you guys some good content here before season as we're in the the uh, countdown to um, big adventures. So uh, I absolutely can't wait. Uh, hope you guys got some good plans in the works. And um, 
man, with that, uh, I better go get in and, and dump in this concrete and get it finished out and uh, keep rolling here. But um, thanks, you guys, for the support. I really appreciate you. And um, with that, I'll check in with you next week.